0: Sequelcast 2 and Friends is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Everybody across the land, here's a special from Sequelcast, though I don't know what it's gonna be.
1: Mm-hmm. Come here, buddy. I'm gonna grab my cat and put him on my lap now. That is way, he's jumping jump... around. Oh, he's too old for jumping. He just—what happens is, I think he gets jealous or annoyed if I don't pay attention to him for a long time. So, like by the end of recording, he starts going. Row.
0: Our kitty had to have 3 teeth pulled but um, he's doing a, the medicine was making him vomit so the that's said just to stop giving him the medicine but it's been over a week now so um we also got these special kind of cat bowls that are slightly raised and at an angle that's supposed to make cats vomit less but we'll see Aww.
2: we got those and it, it it worked for us
0: Does it okay yeah we, got, we were able to get two of them for $30. Bucks, so. I mean, not yeah, 100%, I
1: mean, but certainly better than it was before. Sure. I start making him food, because like, the chunk stuff is, I think, too much for him. Like, he'll yeah. work down the mm-hmm. gravy off, so I just throw a bunch of cat food in a blender. <laughs>
0: and oh, okay.
1: Some of the pumpkin goo um, yep. that helps yep. the digestive system. And, uh, it seems to work for now, but he's a very picky eater mm-hmm. for a cat. Yep. Isn't that right, you old bubba? He's twenty-one.
0: Oh, oh shit. shit! Yeah, yeah he's Ar- ancient. Arcades okay. maybe. Butters yeah. is I don't know, thir- twelve or thirteen or something, and uh, dandelion is less than a year.
1: Yeah, he gets um. I mean, he's still hanging in there. He just, you know, he just gets cranky, and I think he has dementia or something because I think he forgets when he eats. When oh. he gets agitated.
0: Does he have yeah. um? pain in his hips
1: yes yeah that's yeah. another one too yeah
0: we got some not medicine from the vet that's not medicine there's sort of these chewable things that are supposed to help with the pain but they're still a little bit you can't really pet him back there on his butt too much anyway yeah. cat cast no cat let's, cat. let's do let's do the trailer stuff hello and welcome to a sequel cast special uh, show looking at uh, whatever kind of movie related uh, topics. Uh, this time around, we're talking about movie trailers, which surprisingly we haven't done before. Um, we're part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Bradley sherge With me is Thrasher.
1: Boy, that last trailer, that was something. You know, it wasn't and, that good. All those trailers are all the same. Whee! And Alex? I have been uh, edited and formatted to fit this screen.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, I mean, so trailers, movie trailers. It's whether they're on a a big screen or, you know, something that's on the beginning of a VHS or a DVD, stuff that you can't skip. Trailers or commercials, right? They're all over the place. They're everywhere. Sometimes they're better than the movie themselves. Uh, I I remember TNT used to have a show called Trailer Park that showed old uh, trailers from... Namely, like black and white monster movies.
2: Oh yeah, that was uh, hosted that by is... Jeff Davis. Yep. So awesome. And Nicholas Meyer would do the 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 editorial uh, in every episode. Sci Fi Channel ran that, I believe.
1: Yeah, there is. That um... Okay. That's a that's a brilliant idea, and it's a it's a very entertaining one, and um, it's very economic too. Uh, there's these Blu Ray compilations that I'm currently addicted to, where it's just. There's like a loose theme of like 70s action or, you know, 70s horror or 80s horror. And it's literally just like four and a half hours of just trailers of any kinds of movies from, you know, all over the place in just one big, long compilation. You can skip through them or you can just play them as is. And it's one of the best things to like, it's one of the best background things you could ever buy, I think. It's fun.
0: I don't quite recall the name of it, but um, Joe Dante used to tour around. With this kind of compilation of different crazy movie trailers that would sometimes run over nine hours. Oh, um, that's awesome. And play him on a tour. I think he later cut it down to a shorter version, but it's never been officially released. But it has a certain cadence to it that's very specific. It's uh you know, harder to do a compilation of trailers than uh than you might think. And uh I mean memorable movie trailers. We'll just kinda of go round Robin for a, a little bit here. Um one that I'm thinking of, the the trailer was so popular it resulted in footage from the trailer being added to the film. I'm talking about Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> it had so it's a parody mainly of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and that had a scene where uh, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood shot the bow and arrow, and then it was kind of the camera you could see the tip of the arrow pointing out as it flew into the target, and then on the Mel Brooks version in the trailer, it kind of zigged around and like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something like it would take hard left and right turns it would go under people's dresses all these things so that trailer was so popular they just stuck that scene right into the movie itself
1: oh yes I um Mm -hmm. I think one of the most interesting thing too with trailers that they're very much like you know just snapshots of the times and like Sometimes, like, you watch something, like, uh, if you watch, like, the trailer for something like Bonnie and Clyde, it's funny because you can tell they really don't know how to sell this movie or what to do with it. And it's like, this is Bonnie and Clyde, and it shows in this, like, goofy 60-garish font, like, and they kill people with, like, little, like, streams coming from the font, like, these animated streams coming from it. It's such a weirdo, um, it's such a weirdo trailer, but it's, uh, you can tell they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Um, And it's hilarious, yeah. Well, that's that's what,
2: that's what makes it memorable like a a, a, a trailer where they d- for a movie they studio doesn't know how to sell and a trailer from a movie where the filmmakers clearly have a very idea strong idea of how the film should be sold that's what gives us memorable trailers all the other trailers are just clips of the movie and the occasional <euremation>
1: <charisma> Right.
2: at least right now that's a yeah you get trend. the was and
1: the the there's not as much narration as there once was but which I kind of miss. That. No,
0: the big trend also is you get a really kind of slow modeling cover Ugh, of a pop song. Of a happy song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, happy song, right? Mr. Blue Sky. Why ask us? Why? I, I don't know. Like you I've, have...
2: I've always wanted like we see like the dark sinister superhero and then you just hear, you know, I like big but and I cannot <laughs> lie,
1: you always, are
2: the brothers.
1: <laughs> I always joke about like a like a dark Jetsons reboot, and all, I occasionally just be like going around the house, be like, "Meet George Jetson." Well, that that would even be it. It would just be these big
2: block letters, "Meet George Jetson," and we'd see this like Deckard from
1: <laughs> right, yeah, Blade
2: Runner, it's yeah. falling behind now. him. He's silhouetted. We see the suggestion
1: of a
0: horrible scar.
1: It's yeah. like, you know, this like edgy, you know, family drama. He's like, I'll do anything to send Astro to university, you know.
0: Well, it's funny you mention that. Fired I mean, Jetson. after <laughs> the, uh, the 90s Flintstones film, Then we covered the old ones over uh, on Sequel Cast 2 and Friends before, but um, after, the, you know, the Flintstones was popular, they tried to develop a Jetsons version uh, robert rodriguez was uh, going to direct it and stuff fell through i guess it was going to get too expensive but the concept was really interesting uh, the I concept was that, was though. what if the jetsons uh, what if all their machines failed how would they kill yeah and I, so, I think that's that's uh, too brilliant a premise for a movie based off a cartoon
2: right so, so- at the risk of this turning into a Jetsons podcast, The there was a live-action Jetson movie in the late 90s, early 2000s that Will Ferrell was attached to. Do you know the premise behind that one?
0: No. Nah.
2: They, they wanted to go for kind of like a future office space thing, but the, the whole premise oh, okay. was based on the fact that in all the episodes of the original, well, most of the episodes of the original cartoon, Jetson would get fired at, like in the middle of the episode and then rehired at the end. And so the premise is, that has gone on for so long that Cogswell makes a bet with Spacely that he can't go a month without firing George Jetson. And George Mm. finds out he can't be fired and just starts doing whatever the hell he wants at work.
0: (laughs) Oh, weird. Yeah. And tries Uh, to get fired. (laughs) I mean, I I remember going to the theater to see the Jetsons movie where Tiffany revoiced the part of the daughter... Um, even though they had the original actress record all her lines and then was replaced by Tiffany, but anyhow. Interesting. But let, let's get to the topic at hand. With Alex suggested about trailers, uh, Thrasher. What's a trailer that sticks out to you trailer over the years? Jets.
2: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, this is this is a memorable trailer that is not a good trailer, and I did rewatch it. Um, and this is what I referenced at the beginning: the trailer for Robin Williams, the Robin Williams movie, Toys where the whole trailer, there's no fanfare, it's just Robin Williams doing improv in a wheat field in a soundstage. What? Uh, okay, yeah, do you strange. not remember this?
0: No, no, I don't think I've seen there's this There's a one, great
2: but... Simpsons reference yeah. of it with Mr. Burns, but yeah, and he's just like, boy, that that previous trailer, that was something. You know, trailers are all the same, and he, like, Im- imitates a trailer, and he goes, but we're doing our own trailer, a different trailer, for a movie uh, called Toys. Toys! Imagine the graphic that's going to appear above my head, and like, you know he just does you know jokes you know it's a, it's it's toys you know it's like the toy terminator i'll be back after you wind me uh and it's just him doing robin williams stick and it's it's a trailer because like a good trailer is kind of like a good title i find that the best titles are titles that tell you exactly what the movie's about without telling you what the movie's about and this trailer it doesn't give you any idea what the hell this movie is what its tone is why you should want to watch it out it oh, it's directed by the same man who directed Rain Man does a little Rain Man bit like
1: even then I, that doesn't tell me i want to see <laughs> i should want to see this And the also, only toys part is the... a weird movie to begin with i mean that probably that's probably why they did such a weird trailer cuz like what how do you sell toys it was such a off the wall movie <laughs> that
2: that's a very good point. It's very bizarre. Um, and there was a later trailer that was much more conventional that came out like right before the movie was released. But for, like, I recall, like, six months up until that point, you would always see this Robin Williams trailer. The only thing I, I like about it that I, th- that I thought really works as a joke is one of his little improv bits is, so, uh, when are we going to... We, we've got this movie about toys. When are we going to release it? And the studio suggested, Rosh Hashanah? No! We're going to do Christmas! <laughs> And then at the end, this graphic comes up, and it's like, toys, coming this Rosh Hashanah. And then, like, they cross out Rosh Hashanah and ride in Christmas. That's so
1: weird. Mm. I remember the, like, Robin Williams standing in, like, the grassy field and everything. And I definitely remember the uh, Mr. Burns parody of that. Um, but, yeah, and I, toys, that's a movie I, I know I've seen, and I can't remember much about it. Aside from it was it was an odd movie, but um, yeah, strange experience that whole thing.
0: What's the trailer that sticks out to you, Alex?
1: I guess one of the ones that I guess was the served as inspiration for the for this episode was the trailer for Psycho, Hmm. because it's like you know one of the biggest films of all time, iconic shower scene, all these other iconic scenes. But I don't think they wanted to show you a lot from the movie. So you get Alfred Hitchcock kind of giving you this, like, travelogue-esque tour of, like, the Bates Motel and the the Bates House, and, you know, you get these, like, very – the very droll uh, Hitchcockisms, you know, like – you should have seen this before they cleaned up all the blood, and then you've like, you like know, you'll walk from scene to scene, and like you'll get this like "Leave It to Beaver" music, you know? It's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. yeah, like, and this was the mother's bedroom. Uh, the they way did the, do,
2: the body fell—it's hard to describe just how twisted. Well, it's too horrible. Let's go over here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, something else about that is that not only is that like trailer like almost a perfect little short film in and of itself, it's almost six minutes long.
0: Right? No.
1: Yeah, funny. it's a long trailer. It's like a short film. Um, it, I, I, I could imagine. Yeah.
2: And, and you, it's very rare because like Hitch, Hitchcock was a sort of a shameless self promoter. He often put himself forward, he often made most of his own trailers. Like the God, the one, like the, the trailer for the birds is just him with the bird talking about birds. I wish, I wish more directors did that. I wish, hi, I'm George Lucas. Um, yeah, this is the Senate chamber, or as it's now known, uh, the scene of the crime.
1: Uh, I could just imagine him like laughing to himself, like trying to be self deprecating, but. Weird in his own George Lucas way. Um, I'm trying to think of more directors who do this. Like I could picture Quint, like Tarantino doing it because he's not afraid to put himself in front of the camera. Um, Only if he has an Australian accent. Oh yes, that wonderful Australian accent of his. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of you would get that a lot in old uh, westerns. Like Duke would do that a lot. I remember like the trailer for Rio Bravo. They're like hanging out in the jail cell, like singing a song, and then like I think it's um. It's, uh... It's not, um... Oh, jeez. It's not, uh... The freaking singer. It's not Tony, um... I'm blanking on the name. But yeah, the guy looks at the camera and he's like, Hi, you know, this is a trailer for Rio Bravo. This is one of the more mellow scenes from the film, but, like, we can assure you there's thrills, to you know, to be enjoyed and everything. (laughs) It's just, I love that kind of, like, old-school, um... Just kind of hammy, but, like, very, uh... It's just a—it's a really funny. hour. like you'll get like the director sitting in the chair, and he'll get up and be like, "Hi, you know, I'm Cecil B. DeMille, and this is my trailer for you know, blah 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 blah." I always got a kick out of that. Um, yeah, William Castle. Rick one of those other directors. Who yeah, would so it was Castle would do it a lot too, because he was in many ways, uh, you know, like a little, little Hitchcock.
0: Sure. Just, I mean, I I think of um, movie trailers over the years, and uh, one that kind of, you know, made fun of the form, uh, again, was um, a documentary that Jerry Seinfeld produced and and stars in, I suppose, called The Comedian.
1: Oh, yeah, that was a good flick.
0: Where it it analyzes uh, Jerry Seinfeld's techniques of him, you know, going back on stand-up after not doing it for a while and kind of bombing initially to kind of an up-and-coming Stand-up guy who obsessively uh, pays a guy to videotape all his performances, and then rewatches the videotapes and takes notes when people mm-hmm. laugh, when people don't. He kind of overthinks it. And the trailer has the trailer guy, kind of you know t- talking about in a world. Well, no, it's not in the world. And you know, and it's it's just uh, puts focus on the the announcer guy who you normally don't think of, and especially when when it came out in the '90s, narration was very common for for trailers, but as uh, you were mentioning, Alex, trailers don't have narration that much, and I mean you, you think of something really weird mm-hmm. uh, the, I, the trailer for the the movie the Wolverine the second Standalone Wolverine film yeah, it had online like watch the watch the teaser for the teaser, and it was like thirty seconds. <laughs>
1: this summer
0: or, or like a lot of the trailers now right it shows like a really short version of the trailer and then it shows the title card and then it shows the full trailer
1: right yeah they'll do that which is always kind of strange um it's um the like you were saying earlier the the stupid drawn out joel cover versions of songs like i wrote the trailer for the batman and it's got a cover of freaking or i think it's a cover or a remix or whatever of nirvana's uh, something in the way and it's like yes that's nirvana in a nutshell people the band that would love to you know front <laughs> a multi-million dollar uh, you know major studio pick batman picture of all things you know what i mean <laughs> like you know yes nirvana that's what we think of when we think of studio promotion people like come the fuck on like how lazy is that like I, I don't get. Is there some tie-in with that song in Batman that I'm missing or something like that?
0: I don't know, director. I'm
2: sorry. What, what was that? I, you broke up on my end for a second.
1: Oh, the, um, the we were talking about you know goofy or annoying covers, draw, drolly covers for, oh. for your trailers, and the, the something in the way trailer for the, the Batman thing. The Batman film. And I'm like, that's what you think of when you think of promoting a giant studio picture is Nirvana, oh, right? Yeah. I mean like that's how <laughs> stupid is that? That's so freaking tone deaf if you like, seize the pun. I mean like Nirvana promoting a multi million dollar movie, like, yes, that's that's perfect, right? I mean like, come on.
2: Well, just beyond beyond that, it's all it's it's tra- trailers can all because the point of a trailer is to make you think the movie is worth seeing, and so trailers will lie to you. Oh yeah, like I remember when when the uh, talk we're talking about those those Maudlin song covers. The trailer for Suicide Squad, uh, the first one, where it's that uh, it's it's that song. I started a joke that got the whole world crying, and like mm-hmm. that song combined with everything else, like they're trying to convince you it's just an all Joker movie. It's not.
1: It's not, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a barely a footnote in the version of that movie we got. <laughs> I know, and um, it's like you almost expect it now. And again, the blahs, that's another thing. The, the Inception blah, I guess we'll call it.
2: Well, but I but to know about uh, good trailers. Another trailer that's like a good experimental film in its own right is a trailer for the movie based on the Harlan Ellison novel A Boy and His Dog. That is a great film and great trailer, yeah. It's just weird intercut bits, scraps of, like, B-roll and patriotic and classic Americana footage, this weird discordant score, a boy and his dog, what is this movie? And it's just like, this is a trip, I gotta see this.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't – but it also, like, doesn't, like, hide the fact that it is about a movie about a kid who has a talking dog, and it's about him trying to basically score. <laughs> and, yeah, after after a nuclear war, I believe there's lots of shots of mushroom clouds. <laughs> yes, right yes, there definitely well. is. And, um, yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of dystopic trailers have that, where it's like, you know, in a world, uh, uh, you know, a future with no food or water, blah, 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 blah. Um, Another thing I wanted to point out, too, is that a lot of good trailers are, you have smaller independent studios, like all of the Roger Corman, like New World Picture trailers are great because they're cut from people working from the smaller studios. So directors like Alan Arkush um, and like John Landis and Joe Dante kind of got their start cutting trailers for, for, for Roger Corman. And so, like, trailers for, like, Hollywood Boulevard or, like, those Ronnie Howard flicks, like, Eat My Dust and Grand Theft yeah, yeah. Auto are, like, really funny, and it's got that, they'll play on that, like, variation of, like, the director talking to the camera, you know, and it'll be like, you know, Ron Howard will be like, See the new My New Future, you know, uh, you know, Eat My Dust, it's a film about, like, romance, and shows, like, a car crashing into, like, someone, and, like, you know, young love, and it'll show, like, the couple steal a car, and then, as he gets up from the director's chair, like a car just runs it over behind him really quick. So it's got a really good sense of humor about it. And it's pretty uh, hilarious. Or like in Hollywood Boulevard, it's like, this is miracle pictures. We make five movies a week and it's a miracle. If one of them's any good. <laughs> yeah. If it's good, it's a miracle. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's Um, thinking of a tr- kind of older trailers with different techniques. Uh, there's one for Sylvester Stallone's directorial debut, paradise alley. Where it just was showing stills from the movie. I don't think they even had footage they were really showing. And it's a movie that kind of odd about these three brothers in the early 1900s in New York uh, that were, uh, one of them I think is into wrestling or something. And in the narrators talking, like uh, critics have described Stallone as this generation's new Marlon Brando. after the success of Rocky and stuff and I mean looking at how Stallone has looked at now it's just really a picture of how you know things were quite different at the time and what the expectations were and the film didn't do that good but then the next thing Stallone directed was Rocky 2 which of course made tons of money Um, but Paradise Alley has Stallone sing the opening title which is uh, horrendous but it's worth looking up on YouTube
1: oh boy that's amazing, and um, there's a there's another funny thing too, where it's like you know everything is always like the most thrilling thing since the last big successful movie. It's like mm-hmm. you know, like a, you know, everything after On the Waterfront for two years is like the best, most thrilling film since On the Waterfront, or after mm-hmm. Lawrence of Arabia is like the you know the greatest epic since Lawrence of Arabia, or Bridge on the River Kwai. It it always makes me nervous when
2: a fill when a trailer name checks another movie that has no connection to the current movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> the lion in winter, the best film says Lawrence of Arabia or the bridge on the river cry. Um, always cracks me up. And, uh, it was also funny to like that. So the Tom Hardy film legend, it's got like all of like the, like the four star ratings, you know, from all the different publications. Mm-hmm. But one thing it did is that the picture of, of one of the still shots is, um, the two Tom Hardy's next to each other And in between them, between their arms, there's a two star rating, and it makes it look like it was just covered up by the Tom Hardys, but it actually is a real two star rating. They just kind of like nudged in there, which I thought was kind of clever, but Hmm. I guess a little misleading, but still clever enough to be forgiven, I think. Um, Another funny one, too, is like a lot of early foreign art house films would, you know, get like American trailers and like. If you see the American trailer for, like, Igmar Bergman's um, Winter Light, it's pretty hilarious, because it's, like, you know, it's, like, starring Gunnar Bjornstrand as the pastor who has lost his faith, and Ingrid Thulin as the woman who loved him. You know, and you get all these, like, things, like, in Bergman films with this, like, really corny, hammy American narrator, which I think is hilarious. Or, like, you know, like, La Dolce Vita from, you know, famed Italian auteur Federico Fellini. I'm
0: reminded of the the trailers for um, Tim Burton. I don't know why people don't talk about this movie more, but he did um, the uh, Stephen Sondheim musical, uh, Sweeney Todd. And and all the trailers, uh, at least uh, in the United States, didn't say it was a musical. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to see it in, in theaters... As soon as people start singing, like people started walking out of the theater, <laughs> and, there, and you could hear people going, "What the fuck?" And Sorry. I mean, if you're into musical theater, uh, Sweeney Todd is a very, very famous show. But if you're not, and I mean, like at the time, Johnny T- Depp was really hot off the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels and and, and, all, and all these things, and oh, Johnny Depp's with John, with Tim Burton again, of course, of course. Um, it it was so- just really something
2: so one of the one of the best trailers a trailer uh, I will say a trailer that is truly better than the movie uh in 2000 uh, Disney released a movie called dinosaur w- which it's a fascinating precursor to Disney's obsession mm. with using CGI to, to make old movies this is a movie with all CGI characters but in all real environments um it was all done with compositing and it's and it's a dinosaur movie and the trailer, it's, it's a, the original trailer is five minutes, there is no dialogue, and it's just this really neat sort of prehistoric world where a dinosaur egg falls out of a nest and goes through all these different situations, like fights between predators, uh, natural disasters, all this stuff... And then eventually comes to rest and starts to hatch. And we see this like proto-mammal crawl up to it as it's about to hatch. Uh, the movie itself is full of talking, wisecracking dinosaurs and lemurs. Uh, one, uh, <laughs> and the second trailer is awful. The second trailer ends with this is second like a job for the love, monkey. Uh, it's not good at all. But that trailer is just the first five minutes of the movie. Oh, my goodness. And
0: by far, I think the best part of the movie, I mean, that Disney dinosaur movie, the original person... Trying to develop it for Disney was Paul Verhoeven, and it would have been something quite different. Oh, yeah! But, yeah or, the original it,
2: premise was there would be no dialogue; it would that's all right. be a very right. naturalist yeah. depiction of this prehistoric world.
1: Yeah, that's funny too. Sometimes they'll get like genre films or like revisionist genre films, where you know they'll like if you see like the trailer for something like uh, the Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, it's like they. You know, make it look like the shoot 'em up western, and it's really not. It's like you know, the three like you know, like shots fired in that film, or like you know, they make it look like you know, slam bang six shooters, and it's not. It's like a very you know, methodical, thoughtful, atmospheric mood piece. You know, um, and it's like the difference between sometimes you can tell like one, someone actually knows the material, and someone doesn't. Like. The person who cut the trailer for, like, you know, uh, like, Mullen Drive obviously, like, knows, like, you know, David Lynch's aesthetic versus someone that cuts the trailer for something like, you know, like, Phantasm or, like, Black Christmas or something like that. Where they're just kind of like, like, oh, like, oh, scary, scary stuff. Ooh. And, um, have you, have you seen the trailer for black Christmas? It's got this like horrible James Mason impression narrator. It's like, if this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. (laughs) I have. That sounds, that line sounds very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It really does sound like a a bad James Mason slash Michael York, maybe even. Sure. I, I could, I could see
0: that. The, um, I mean, movie trailers, i don't I don't think they're as important as as they used to be. It used to, you know, you would have people clap for certain trailers in the theater. I, I recall when uh, the the Star Wars special editions were coming in th- into into. The movie theaters, and you'd see a commercial for it. People would clap when the Lucasfilm logo came up. Like,
2: oh yeah, definitely. Well, the special editions—that was also an effective trailer, mm-hmm. and just like that beginning, where you would see that tiny analog TV just in the middle of a black void, and you'd see like a little star star battle in it. And for for over twenty years, this was the only way to see Star Wars. Oh, but then yeah. the X-wing flies out of the TV right at your face. N- until now and then was this big glorious star wars trailer that was a
1: that was a great trailer yeah and then we found out that there were the special editions yeah and we saw clips of some of the new footage but again it's like the clips are
2: so brief and tantalizing it really whet your appetite for them
1: oh yeah no definitely i, I it sold me on it and then i uh then we went ahead and saw the special editions and the rest is history
0: well i mean i was glad i got it was the only way i could see those in the theater really i mean because of. Oh, yeah. uh-huh and I'm yeah. thankful of them for that even though, unfortunately, they're not the original version and, I mean, that that year was it 97 when those came out? That's, That's when uh, they
2: started I feel like the last one came out in like 98 or 99 On Apocrypals, we talk about the parts of the Bible that a lot
0: of people skip over Like the wizard battles The angel jacuzzis A goat full of sins 500 drunk elephants And a man named Porky Party And yes, that's all
2: really in there. All this and more on Apocrypals every other week on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's
0: the same politically, but we have ray guns.
2: The, the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or...
0: But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction.
2: You haven't it's... read Dune! It... You have... No, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast
0: Network. Okay, but uh, anyhow, I mean, that year was quite strange, because you had uh, the re-release of, you know, the Star Wars Special Edition trilogy, those all made a lot of money, and then uh, not too long before that, the Exorcist re-release did really well, Well, of uh, the version you've never seen, which I think is an inferior cut, especially when the ending is concerned
1: yeah definitely uh, um let's go to the movies were but it's yeah the setting it up for the exorcist three i guess um which is actually uh a pretty it's a good for i i enjoy mm. it quite a bit um and uh not a bad trailer for uh all staying on topic um i think another effective uh trailer for or i guess something more recent would be the blade Runner twenty forty nine trailer mm. I think it teases, like, the, it teases the world just enough to get you interested, and it shows you enough to get you fired up for it. And the editing, it's, it's very quick, and it gives you these good scenes, and there's some mystique behind it. Like, um, you know, I remember what I had seen in the theater, and then I remember I just obsessively would watch the trailer over and over and over, because that was, like, the closest I could get to, like, you know, seeing the full film until it came out on Blu-ray.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, with like the, the Star Wars Phantom Menace trailer, you would download that slowly as a quick time oh, to go God, off yeah. the Internet and then and then watch it or some of the old Lord of the Rings stuff. But with. um, Oh, I mean, just some of these things would. Well, you know, I, you would I th- like. Oh, go on.
2: Well, I, th- I think that speaks to why like trailers aren't really quite as exciting anymore is that is that one they never take you by surprise anymore. If if there's a movie you might be interested in, oh you will know when the teaser for the trailer drops, you'll know when the teaser trailer drops, you'll know when trailer 1 drops, trailer 2 drops, mm-hmm. trailer 3 drops. Like by the time you see it in a theater, and for many of us that may be for quite some time before we see another trailer in the theater. Mm. Um like it's like you you've already seen it all you're going to need to see it. Seeing it on the big screen doesn't like get you excited, but you know back back in the day, you know, back in in the 90s and and early 2000s, you could still be surprised. Like you could still see a trailer for a movie and go, "Oh shit, that's coming out?"
0: Right. right and yeah. sometimes like teasers would would have concepts that had no relation to the movie uh, that came out at all. The Alien 3 teaser like implies that aliens are coming to attack Earth.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. The and uh comes. Home. Oh, you just get footage that's not in the movie at all. Like like, uh, that happens to all sure. Star Wars films. They'll, they'll be so pumped to get the, the trailer out. But, like, half the stuff in the Rogue One trailer is not in the film. Yeah, yes. so that, that whole them. last,
0: the third act was, a pre-shot. And then, um, oh, my God, I mean, what, the movie's not that great. But the Wind Commander movie, it was, ru- like, that whole production was rushed just so they could release it with the Phantom Menace trailer attached to it. Uh-huh. And there was many reports uh-huh. of people buying a ticket for that movie, uh, sitting for the uh, Star Wars Phantom Menace trailer, and then just walking out of the movie.
1: Wow. That's right. That's madness. So, I mean, wow. yeah. So this is this is just a
2: trend in trailers that, like, I I admit I'm fond of, but I'm never fond of the movies they're attached to. But mm-hmm. those trailers where it's just different clips of people saying the name of the main character, Mordecai, 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 Mordecai. <laughs> Harry Crumb, who's Harry Crumb? Who's Harry Crumb? <laughs> Johnny English, Johnny English, Johnny English,
1: you know. Oh, man. There's, um, actually, since you mentioned it in the last episode, uh, Thrasher, the trailer, have you seen Obayashi's, the trailer for Obayashi's, a house, house. No, I have not. It gets it just right. It's, um, it's wonderfully cut, and you get all of the madness in this movie. It's like a, it's like the a clip show for House. Or, how you and this. you get the narration and like the, 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 the title logo, and there the guy going, Oh, so, like five times, so it's it's awesome. Um, a lot of I think there's a lot of great trailers for a lot of Japanese films, and I think they'll try to like earlier films, like, um, like if you watch the trailer for the Seven Samurai, it kind of tries to do what like uh Hollywood trailers would do, but in this like kind of methodical Japanese way, so to like show a scene from a movie, then I'll cut to like a Japanese figure, and it shows like pictures from like the big epic battle at the end, it'll say like, samurai. Cut to the action, and then cut to like a title card, and i will say like, mud! (laughs) And then I'll cut back the action, and it'll be like, action! And then it'll say like, horses or something, it's like mud, horses, action, samurai. Coming to this theater, that was another big one, like the, the Yakuza papers that we covered, it'll say, coming to this theater, not a theater near you.
0: Indeed. Um, Thrasher, oh. do you have another trailer that comes to mind?
2: Well, I want to talk about this, because this this is a trailer that got a movie made. Uh, and it wasn't even intended as a trailer, but um, it's several, several years ago... So it's, it's, it's Deadpool. Of course, I'm talking about Deadpool. Um, oh, yeah. A Deadpool movie was in the works. It did not get made, but a concept, sort of a proof of concept, was made to show how the suit might work in a fight that was just done as this cute little sort of thing. And so after the movie production pre-production had ended and the movie was not going to get made someone leaked that trailer uh or that 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 proof of concept of course people build it as a trailer but it garnered so much buzz they filmed a little extra footage released that as the real trailer and fast-tracked production of a full Deadpool movie uh and, and and all of the footage because that movie was so rushed and so cheap all of the footage from that teaser is still in the full movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: awesome.
2: And so, that, so like that—that's that's sort of really memorable, both because it was it was just a fun trailer on its own, but the fact that the movie would not have gotten made if that had not been leased or released and, and or leaked and then misattributed as a trailer. <laughs>
1: yeah the uh the Deadpool trailers were a lot of fun because it was a lot of like wall breaking and stuff as well as it should be as considering the character and everything. and that really was a breath of fresh air too. I, I thought that was fun. I remember one where he's like uh, doing a Christmas thing, like he's sitting in like a chair or like a book and stuff. i don't, I don't remember the context of it, but I remember it was uh, pretty entertaining.
0: A, a common trend in trailers is to use music from other movies. Because, uh, you know, they don't usually have a score oh, ready by that know. time. Right. And, and one that struck me as kind of odd, but it actually worked, was uh, one of the early trailers for uh, The Two Towers, the second Lord of the Rings film, used an orchestral arrangement of the main theme of Aronofsky's, uh Requiem for a Dream. Interesting. Yeah, yeah,
2: that shows up in a lot of movies. Um, the the music, not the lyrics, but the music for What's This from A Nightmare Before Christmas shows up mm-hmm. in so many trailers for holiday mm. movies and so many trailers for sort of young character fantasy movies.
0: Uh, the, the main music theme from Dragonheart, which is a movie no one really remembers, uh, uh, I was do, in a lot of trailers cool, for a brief part. The music from
2: Oh yeah, but speaking of Dragonheart, that's a trailer that contains the line "I am the last one." I am the and last. Two more movies.
1: Yep. There's um. Uh, I remember the trailer for Walter Hills of Warriors he uses that great synth score from uh Freakin Sorcerer that the, the Tangerine Dream score, which is so weird. Hmm. What do you? I've seen Sorcerer as many times as I have. I don't have an obsession with that movie. Um, and it's it's really, but it, it works in a really odd way, but. And a lot of Hong Kong films are so shameless about, well, everything, uh, promotion especially. So, like, Choi Hark's We Are Gonna Eat You uses the Goblin score from Suspiria in the movie Ooh. as well as the trailer. <laughs> and, like, if you're familiar with that movie, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of us are, um, it stands out like a sore thumb. Um, uh, Sammo Hung's uh, Spooky Encounters or of the Third Kind uses not only the, the title of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but it uses music from The Shining in it quite overtly. Um, which I thought was pretty funny, um, and there's a there's I'm sure there's more that I'm missing, but those are a couple of fun ones to note.
0: Sure. Um, oh God, uh, James Horner's music from the end of Aliens. This kind of action beat that oh. was used in a lot of trailers. Um, you would. I mean the The amount of times trailers would be on on TV commercials were just all over the place. You just couldn't avoid them. And uh, I, I mean, I don't. I haven't had cable TV for quite some time. But e- even on ads on some of these services like Hulu or Pluto TV, you don't get commercials for movies a whole lot. Or, right. Or if you do, they'll be really short. Um, or it's a
1: trailer made by the studio who's streaming service that is. Like, Hulu will pay the trailer for, like, yes, King of Stat sure. Island or something because that's their movie, but that's really about it.
0: Right. Yeah, you're not mean, gonna... It is annoying, like on Netflix, right, where you're going through stuff and it starts playing the audio automatically.
1: Oh. Yeah, I wish it's I could really disable Because uh-huh. I'm trying to read this damn synopsis and then I'm hearing a, you know, ooh, and boahs and stupid covers of songs I never liked in the first place. And, um, and some of
0: these things, you know, it says, oh, I can watch the trailer, but it's not the trailer. It's just a disassociated scene from the movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like an argument between two characters that you just know. Because to get the actual trailer, you'd
0: have to pay money for that. You'd have, you know, they'd have, yeah, to, you'd have
1: to edit it and cover a crappy song and, you know, really do sweet. a lot of flaws.
0: I mean, what, like a lot of 60s movies, they would have like a, a hit single with the same name as the movie. And you would hear yeah, that in that the trailer, it. right? Like what's it's yeah. like? Alfie, uh, a lot of Burt Bacharach stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, the pat garrett and billy the kid had the bob dylan tie-in out with bob dylan in the film actually hmm. and like he didn't have guns because he didn't think it would be like cool bob dylan like you know rocking a pistol yeah. so he was like a his thing was like he threw knives and it was really funny <laughs> um but yeah like the i think the soundtrack actually sold more than the made more money than the film itself or uh another misfire from not misfire because i think uh i like pat garrett quite a bit but um one of uh, another commercial failure from sam peckinpah with a great song tie-in with the uh, convoy well oh, i mean and yes. that trailer gets a lot of mileage from that song uh, thresher
0: a- what do you think about the trailer for uhf
2: i haven't seen that in oh ages isn't isn't it part of the indiana jones intro yes, I mean, it, it, it
0: fakes you out thinking it's the um uh, Indiana Jones: and The Last Crusade, and then it turns out it's the uh, UHF. It's Weirdo Yankovic, so it it, it does it with the uh, that intro of the Indiana Jones spoof.
1: Well, speaking of trailers, the the yeah, Gandhi two, there's a lot of great trailers in UHF. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I do like fake trailers in movies. Uh, those yeah. those can often be very delightful. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, fun. So a great a great trailer that is worth checking out. I love trailers for old B-movies and exploitation movies. So there's an Al Adamson movie called Horror of the Blood Monsters. That also has an amazing story of how it got made. You need to watch the trailer for Horror of the Blood Monsters. Because the whole trailer are just these disassociative scenes from the movie that were clearly edited together last minute with these weird color filters over them. But the whole thing is narrated by Brother Theodore, the original voice of oh. Golem, just yes. describing the movie and getting more frantic and angrier as he goes
1: on. <laughs> That's awesome. The blood monsters are coming! It's, it's so <laughs> great. Um, uh, Takashi Miike trailers tend to be pretty awesome, whether it's one of his Yakuza films or one of his like more tender fare, like Bird People of China or Zebra Man. They tend to be very entertaining trailers and I think maybe it's because Takashi Miike films are very entertaining. Um and um Monty Python trailers too because they usually don't <laughs> show anything from the movie it's usually something completely separate and then just you know absolutely off the wall silly which is uh which is always fun. <laughs> There's another great, uh great
2: one. I think it's like Fangs of the Living Dead or, or, or something like that, where, where the whole trailer is just this sustained shot of a guy in a straight jacket and like, th- like thrashing around and three doctors trying to contain him. And this is either real footage of someone having a psychotic episode or this guy in the trailer is the best actor in the world because it looks disturbingly real. <laughs> And there's just this like voice, you know, the scenes of horror. Like, uh, this film is so terrifying. We don't dare to show you any scene. And it talks about how this guy saw the movie and it broke his mind and how the filmmakers, if you go, if you go crazy, if your mind is broken by this movie, they will pay for you to be sent to a convalescent zone. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like. Oh, and I bet the reason why there's no footage, they probably hadn't finished filming the movie yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's interesting because um, a lot of older trailers had narration and everything like that. And I think one of the earliest, most famous trailers to feature no narration was the one for The Shining. Mm. And it's so unnerving, like the film itself. And it's just, you know, it's a slow motion shot of the elevator with the blood hmm. pouring out with credits just playing in that weird reverse order that they do. And with that terrifying music of, like, the skittering voices and shit, and that's it. And there was some controversy because they were like, you can't show a giant elevator of blood just, you know, gushing everywhere. And they got around it by saying it was rust. <laughs> they said it's it rusted water. Yeah, and like, intriguing. A, uh, an elevator unleashing a torrent of rusted water makes actually less sense than an elevator full of blood, if you ask me, <laughs> but... sure. I'm not the censor, so I don't make these rules. But it was very sly, uh, in the Kubrick fashion, to make that um, to make that distinction. I guess to get around it, which I think
0: yeah. Let's do one more set of these trailers to talk about. You mentioned, you know, fake trailers, thrasher, and the one that really that are in movies themselves, and one that jumps out to me was Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah, and and there is a trailer in the beginning for. um, It was kind of like a James Bond kind of thing. With uh, Ben Stiller in the ice with babies strapped to him or something.
2: Yeah. Well, well the, the thing I love about that is that is that yeah, uh, each each character in that movie gets a, a full trailer before yeah. the actual movie starts. And one of the things I love is because there are so many of those trailers um, that when I saw that movie in the theaters, a lot of the audience thought we were still watching trailers. Like I heard legitimate confusion. Of, of people like wait this is a real movie or ben, I didn't know Ben Stiller was doing an action movie that my, my favorite like my my favorite one like the, the whole because the Ben Stiller action movie that's part of those trailers is you get like little like it's it's like a sequel it's like part six or something <laughs> and a person like straight straight up is like who, who had to have been high I was like no I saw a second one it's really good
0: <laughs> yeah well I mean in my theater the person was like I haven't even seen the first five.
1: Like, These you know, are the same like, people that think that there's like an oceans one through 10.
0: Oh, probably.
1: Or a Wonder it, Woman 1, 1983.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, man. speaking of, this isn't really a trailer, but it's more of like um, every. They used to do this a lot, but they don't do it so much. Sometimes you might see like a, a short film that's attached to a movie. And in college, we all went to see Stephen King's uh, Dreamcatcher. Not because the movie looked that interesting, but because the first animatrix short was attached to it. Yeah, the the CG animated one by SquareSoft Studio before they shut it down. Um, the final flight of the Osiris. I don't remember that shit. Yeah, so last flight of the Osiris. Last, thank you, you. Last flight. And there is people in front of us at the theater really angry, and they walked up to complain to theater management. Like this isn't a Stephen King movie. What is this shit? <laughs>
2: Oh, so I'm glad you brought up the Matrix because that really was the last trailer I wanted to talk about—the initial Matrix trailer, uh, which you know, the Matrix has a huge legacy right now for so many reasons. So so much of it very They're coming much out with deserved. the first one
0: next year. I didn't even um, realize they mm-hmm, filmed yeah, it. Um,
2: apparently, yeah. And and the thing about the Matrix though is that it it did come out of nowhere. The old like I knew it was coming out, but the only reason I knew it was coming out was because I I there I hung around on this website a lot where they would post like news about upcoming productions and that was just one of the upcoming productions and there was all this speculation well what the hell is this based on uh uh and so so the matrix took the whole world by surprise and it's such an effective trailer because in many ways it's a very conventional trailer because it's just different clips of the film uh most of them out of context uh uh, a little bit of voiceover from uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, as Orpheus. Uh, you know, you know, what is the matrix? How far does the rabbit hole go? Uh, and it just really makes you intrigued. And then it, it, true it leaves you with the question, what is the matrix? And I really feel like it was our desire to answer that question that had a lot to do with why that movie was such a big hit start, uh, right out of the gate.
0: What well, had a Super Bowl teaser. I remember that. That might have been ah. the first one. But, yeah, seeing Keanu Reeves with the sunglasses doing, like, karate things, I'm like, this is going to lose money. This looks stupid, <laughs> Like is what I thought when I first saw the trailer. Well, but you're right. When they did the full-blooded yeah. theatrical thing, what is the Matrix and all the posters everywhere, it, it did create a legitimate um, kind of buzz, uh, much like, I don't know, like Blair Witch Project around the same, I think later that same year, perhaps. Uh, or the year after did did kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah, that was a good um, marketing campaign because it didn't really give you much of the film. It just it it sold it in a really interesting way in that you know is this really found footage kind of launching the found footage genre in so many um, respects, even though it had been done before a little bit. But yeah, no, it did a really good job of selling the intrigue of the film without giving away much. Um, then the one thing with the Matrix too, I remember was like you'd get like the green font code scramble stuff, and then just the Matrix would emerge from the little, like, you know, the keystroke thing, which was a really cool graphic, and it definitely stuck out to me a whole lot. Um, I guess a little off-topic, I think, whatever I think of the Matrix, there's this great scene in The Sopranos where AJ, as a very selfish present, gives his mother (laughs) a DVD of the Matrix for her birthday. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And she's just like, like, it's still in the bag from, like, Walmart or whatever, and she, like, opens it up, she goes, The Matrix. I haven't Seen it, and then he just like takes it and walks off. (laughs) Oh, so a a time, so a time
2: that that whole like Matrix style trailer really that's supposed to leave you with a question really backfired. Do y'all remember the uh night the two thousand three movie Paycheck directed by John Woo based on the uh, story Paycheck by Philip K. Dick? Oh no,
0: I've never seen it, but it's when Ben Affleck was doing a lot of really generic movies. Yeah. Well like
2: well like it sets up the premise he's a guy that like reverse that like do, like did like does weird corporate jobs and he takes a job that requires his memory to be erased. He wakes up after his memory is erased, finding that like 2 years have passed and he gets a letter from himself and in the, like he gets his paycheck and then he gets a letter from himself with like four items in it including a paycheck and it just says like leave the building now go through this door you'll see two people they're guard and like And, like, this letter to himself, and, like, and there's this whole thing, like, what did, and it keeps reading, what did I do? What was I, what was this job? Why am I sending this letter to myself? And it leaves you with all these, like, questions of how is this possible? Well, the trailer gives it away because the trailer shows you a newspaper, and on the newspaper it says, like, scientist reverse engineer's future predicting machine. (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly what happens. He reverse engineered a machine that can 100% accurately predict the future. He predicted his own future and predicted how he could save
1: his own life. That's why he sent the letter to himself. That's so funny. Oh my goodness.
0: What's the last trailer you want to talk about, Alex?
1: Um, so I remember we, uh, my uncle and I, we'd always rent a lot of like uh, martial arts, chop films. So we were in the theater one time and I... Shit, I want to say, was this for Star Wars? Maybe it was The Phantom Menace. Um, we were in the theater for that, and I think, yeah, 1999. So we saw a trailer for Crouching Tiger hmm. in Dragon. And it blew us hmm. away because we didn't know this was, like, gonna. we didn't know this was, like, a thing that was still happening. We didn't know they still made, like, Wuxia, Flying Sword movies, you know, with dudes, like, seeing, like, you know, like, Chow and Fat, like, run up a bamboo tree was, like holy shit like they do this stuff and like it's gonna happen and we're gonna see it here in america and i like on some scrappy bootleg tape from a record store. you know what i mean so like that would just it was, it was ironic because we're a star wars film and i think i was more excited about the trailer for crouching tiger than i was for the movie you No, know, that um,
0: made over a hundred million in the u.s uh that might have been the worst theatrical experience i've had it was nothing against the movie but oh, yeah. we got to the theater late so we had to sit in the front row Oh, and a... people were jumping from left to right and right to left. And there are subtitles. Oh, I yeah, just kind of got nauseous at some point watching it. Uh, oh,
1: I hope since you've had a better experience. I haven't movie.
0: seen it since, actually. I really should. Oh,
1: no, it's so great. It's And it's, it had a
0: sequel on Netflix, didn't it?
1: Yes, and I heard it's not so great. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to preserve it. Uh, keep yep. that movie in its bubble for me. <laughs> I remember seeing Crouching Tiger and Dragon in the theaters. And, of
2: course, a lot of people weren't prepared to see a movie with subtitles a whole family had come Mm. and they had two little kids who had no no. interest in reading. So they just let the kids run around the theater, like literally ah. run around the theater, running up and down the aisles, giggling, running back and forth in front of the screen.
0: I saw a, uh, what was it? We went to the theater to see what was that? Is it, was it like the puppet murders? What was that movie called? Happy time murders. Thank you. Happy time murders. (laughs) And at the box office in a huge font, it said the happy time murders is not a film for children because <laughs> you had some families getting tickets to their family to go and see it because it had puppets on the poster.
1: Uh, and there were murders in the title. Uh, yeah, that, that too. <laughs> and the but, like, all when when ratings we stamped on the poster.
0: When we went to see it, there's like little kids in the theater. Uh, I mean, you know, or like it's like a single mom with the kids that they can't afford a babysitter. Which is a, a whole separate problem, but, like, like my wife and, and her friends went to see Magic Mike, and, like, a single oh mom goodness. took, like, two four-year-olds to go see it. Oh, lord. Well, and, like, I, mean, I guess like, that movie has a lot of drug use, in, in addition to, like, the, the male strippers and all that.
1: Right, so if you had a movie called, like, Super Duper Adventure Gangbang, would people go to that, because it had, like, Adventure Super Duper in it? You know what I mean? Like, well, it's
0: like when, when they... um. It wasn't really successful, I think, apart from Spirited Away*. But they did a big when Disney had the, all the Miyazaki stuff. Right. They, you know, did a big push in the theater, and people had to explain, "Oh, this isn't necessarily for children. This has blood, or, or something." I mean, the Miyazaki stuff is fairly soft as far as that stuff goes. But.
1: Right. Like *Madame* um, is okay, about as edgy as they got, but uh, it's just—it's funny too because, like, I was, I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other day where I was like, "I know I'm not the world's strongest reader in the world, right?" Because, like. You know, like, for instance, Universal logo is on my TV right now. Like, I don't have to stop and read it. Like, you know, if I can just look at it and say it's Universal. So, like, when you have a subtitled movie, is it really that hard? You know, like, if, if you write, like, I'm going to the store and put it on a screen, are you do you have to stop and say, like, I am going to the store? Or you like, you just not read it, like... I mean, if you're like six or something, I can understand having that confusion or not wanting to read subtitles, but like, you know what I mean? Like, is it that hard? I guess for some people it is. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. When
0: I worked at Blockbuster Video, people would like get refunds all the time because something had the tiniest bit of subtitles in it. Like, I don't want to read a movie. Oh, this is widescreen. I don't want to see it. I think the, the general black public... Black is
2: covering up the top and bottom of the movie. Right, the, the, the general yeah, public
0: yeah. wants all the movies to fill up their TV and have <laughs> no subtitles. And I mean, I don't know if that's perhaps with all the, the foreign uh, international content on Amazon and Netflix and things, you know, maybe people don't feel the same, but I mean, I, I uh, uh, grew up for six years overseas and like a lot of the first movies they saw in theaters had subtitles, whether it was in Spanish uh, subtitles or the subtitles were in English and people spoke in Spanish.
1: Well, it's funny too, because I remember when I was younger, like I, I would say like my movie collection is probably like 80% foreign language because now it's like if I watch something, I'm usually doing homework or writing or something. So my laptop's usually on my lap. Um, so I, I tend to not watch as many foreign language films because I'll be kind of semi-multitasking while doing it. But beforehand, like if I was watching a movie, I was looking at the screen. And if I was looking at the screen and I had text on it, I was reading it. So like it didn't really matter. Cause, so like mm. I, I watched much more foreign language films at the time um, than I do now. But... Still, it's just funny that, like, so back then, you know, before tablets and phones and computers and stuff, if you're watching something, chances are you're looking at the screen. So I don't know why or how you could have such a uh, beef with, um, you know, subtitles, but hey, uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being elitist. I don't know.
0: Well, I think we've had a good discussion here of movie trailers. Any last thoughts, fellas?
1: Enough um, of the damn Maudlin covers, please. <laughs> it really I, pisses me off. <laughs> I, I'll
2: admit, I kind of I, I kind of miss trailers with voiceover. I kind of wish we would get another trailer that has In a World. But, but seriously, not as a joke. Yeah. I, I would like to hear another good In a World trailer. That when that
0: fun. guy died, you know, no one could quite do it the same. I think that was the end of an era. So, all those people. And we yeah.
2: talked about in Seinfeld's The Comedian how the trailer had him doing...
0: Oh, you got to crazy see the guy, that's right. Version
2: yeah. In a world, in a land before time, in a distant galaxy. No, no, <laughs> that's not the movie. <laughs> Stop <Yeah>. saying that. <laughs> this oh, era. actually, have you all seen... It was done as part of, like, some some sort of reel for some sort of corporate retreat, but it was the five guys who sort of do all theatrical theatrical and and home video voiceovers from the 90s doing one continuous trailer narration where they keep passing it off to each other, like, in a world starring all your
1: Disney favorites. It's really good. (laughs) Uh, Or just people doing, like, celebrity impressions of people that aren't even in the movie, like Al Pacino. Like, oh, I'm Al Pacino, and this is a new Hobbit film. hoo Look at that orc, he's got an axe! oh watch out, Frodo! The oh, thing in trailers
0: <laughs> I think never really works, and they, they tried this for a little bit, is they have a, a quote from, like, an actor in the movie, like Chevy Chase had a has a small part in that not great uh, National Lampoon Vacation kind of reboot, and And in the trailer, they're using his quote: "I like this vacation more than my own."
1: (laughs) Weird. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I always uh, also I like trailers that feature the titular line in a very dramatic, misplaced way. You know. So begins the Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) You might even say it was before midnight. Norman well, I mean, was sometimes, yeah, I mean, and, alien, and sometimes
0: they film scenes explicitly for the trailer, uh, right? I mean, uh, what's his name? Chris Pratt was complaining for Jurassic World. They were having a day of him doing all these like stupid lines where he's like pointing and going, "Raptors go that way." We got a <laughs> like, these lines are stupid. Why would someone speak like that? And I'm like, oh, it's for the trailer. People like those lines oh, better okay. in trailers. And he's like, Arsenal. yeah, but it makes no sense. No, 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 it's for the trailer.
2: You hey, know be another great, great titular line. A crime happened here. What crime? The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. <laughs> <Moore. laughs>
1: or Look Out. Name a movie like, Look Out, it's an Alien 3.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that, I, I that... love in RoboCop 2 how the big uh, uh, machine the bad guys in is called RoboCop 2.
1: Yeah. yeah or like well, hey james brown get up why don't it's, it's i get like on up
2: death stalker 2 has has that titular line: we we have to get the princess and death stalker 2 and then death stalker
1: 2 <laughs> <laughs>
0: no that's the worst that's the perfect uh i guess yeah for a sequel cast uh, special this is matt
1: this is Thrasher. and this is alex
0: Dane.
2: coming soon to a theater near you.
1: Check it out, I'm Godfather too.
0: <laughs> Create your own home theater library with the latest title from Disney. Get it before the vault closes for a limited time.
1: See it I again don't. for the first time. I've got a combination to that vault. Kua.
2: Kua, indeed. I love doing action films like I did Terminator 2, and it was all very, very quiet. Because unfortunately, I have a, a, my voice lives in an area of the sound spectrum that nothing else lives in. So I can speak very, very quietly, and it cuts through explosions, it cuts through music, it cuts through everything. And his enemy is the deadliest machine ever built. This time, there are two Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day.